Here we go. West Hills Friends is a Quaker meeting in Portland, Oregon. You can find more information about our community at westhillsfriends.org. As a Quaker community, we encourage everyone to share from their hearts, especially as it pertains to God's leading in their lives. These words are shared into a community that values the opportunity to respond and dialogue about what is said. The responses and dialogue are not included in this recording. The views expressed in this content are solely those of the original contributors. And do not necessarily speak for the entire West Hills Friends community. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. I'm Steve, and um, my family, April, my wife, and kids, Maya and Tyler, have been playing here at West Hills for 11 years. And I know that because my son, Tyler, is 11 years old, and um, a few months after we started coming here, he was baby Jesus um, for our <laughs> Christmas project. We're still waiting to see how that will rub off on him. <laughs> but I think um, I was asked to speak um, by our peace committee um, on the issue of housing and homelessness this month um, because of um, I work with Habitat for Humanity, and um, I've actually been... Um, the leader of our local Habitat chapter for the past 11 years here and then about that much time at our international headquarters in Georgia where April worked as well before that. And Habitat, um, most of you know some about Habitat, um, its mission is to seek to put God's love into action by bringing people together to build homes, community, and hope. And our goal at Habitat um, is a big one, to end substandard housing from the face of the earth and to put the issue of housing on people's hearts and minds in such a powerful way that it becomes unacceptable politically and religiously and socially unacceptable for anyone to live without at least a decent and affordable home. And we carry this work out at Habitat by building homes with volunteers alongside families and then providing opportunities for those families to buy that home to provide stability for their, house, for their family. But I'm not going to talk much about Habitat today. There is a brochure in your bulletin if you want to learn more about our local work. Um, but I do want to share more thoughts about our current crisis here in our community. But first, um, a Bible verse for today, James 2, 14 to 18. You can follow along, though I'm going to read from a, a version called The Message, and you may not be able to follow along in, in your version. Uh, it's more of a contemporary translation. Dear friends, like he's talking to us, do you think you'll get anywhere in this if you learn all the right words but never do anything? Does merely talking about faith indicate that a person really has it? For instance, you come upon an old friend dressed in rags and half-starved and say, Good morning, friend. Be clothed in Christ. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And walk off without providing so much as a coat or a cup of soup. Where does that get you? Isn't it obvious that God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense? I can, only, I can hear one of you already agreeing, saying, Sounds good. You take care of the faith department. I'll handle the works department. Not so fast. 
you can no more show me your works apart from your faith than I can show you my faith apart from my works. Faith and works, work and faith, fit together hand in glove. And 1 John 3.18 simply says, my children, our love should not be just words and talk. It must be true love, which shows itself in action. If you've been paying attention to the news at all over the past year, you've seen that Portland has been getting a lot of attention around our housing crisis, and we've made national headlines for having the highest rent increases and the lowest vacancy rates in the country. We've been said to have the, the, the highest gentrification out of any city in the country. And we've even been named the least affordable city when comparing both housing prices and income. And just last week, I read that we've become the most moved to state in the country. So I'd like to speak a little as to why is this happening and what does it mean for us and maybe what can we do about it? I think part of the cause of this crisis is that people of higher incomes are pouring into once working class neighborhoods and we're seeing the poor being pushed out from our central city where their jobs are, causing them to spend more on transportation as well as causing traffic increases for everybody. Just last year, one out of every three homes that were sold in our city, and this is new, was bought with cash. One out of every three. And a large number of these were purchased by Wall Street investors who were buying these as, as investments and managing them. And all of this is, is part of the, the driving up of home prices. And another big issue is right now there's just, a not, there's just not enough housing. Um, after the big crash, housing wasn't being built, and, and now there's just not enough houses for folks, especially smaller, more affordable housing. And simply put, what this means is that low- and middle-income people can no longer afford a place to live and still have enough left for those other basic life necessities that Jen just talked about, like food for kids and gas to get to work. One out of every three families in Multnomah County are now spending more than half their income just on their housing. So these families are having to choose, like you shouldn't have to, between paying the rent or putting gas in your car to get to work or putting food on the table or taking a kid to the doctor. I think this is the reason why we're having some of the highest childhood hunger rates in the country here. I think one of the biggest issues and, and, and problems is, that, is the result of this is that low-income families are having to move over and over again um, because of rent increases and, and being pushed out by landlords and needing to leave bad housing situations. I've actually been in elementary schools in, in East Portland where over half of the kids who start out in the classroom at the beginning of the year leave before the end of the year. And some even come back some point during the year, other kids replace them. Um, but this is not only a huge disruption on their lives and, and, the, and the, the lack of stability in the lives of those kids, but the entire classroom is disrupted. And um, I think this is one of the reasons we have one of the highest 
high school dropout rates in the country. And um, also, as Jen mentioned, this is substantially worse for households of color because of the historic and institutionalized racism, as well as for recent and immigrants and refugees. Minority families in our community own homes at half the rate of whites, and that gap is growing. The city, um, in October, put out their first state of housing report that really analyzed um, these demographics, and it found that of the 24 neighborhoods in our city, only three are now affordable to Latino families. Only two are affordable to the average single mom, and that there are not any neighborhoods in our city now that are affordable to the average African-American family. So this is unacceptable. So if all of this bothers you, what can we do about it? First, you can be a voice for those who have no voice in our city. Those without a stable place to call home really don't have a whole lot of power to change their situation. But for the first time, at least in the 11 years I've been here, our state and local officials have housing on their minds like never before. And with some encouragement, I think, could make some decisions in the coming year that have a significant impact. Oregon is still one of two states in the country that has outlawed rent control and inclusionary zoning, which are common tools for states to provide affordable housing. Oregon's one of the only places where there's no consistent source of funding for affordable housing. And on top of all that, we have some of the strictest land use laws in the state. So I encourage you to take some time to read up on the issue and talk with friends, and especially reach out to elected officials. Mike Ellison created a great insert in your bulletin, the white one that outlines many different sources to go to, and I'd say especially that Welcome Home Coalition that recently formed around this issue is a great place to go to, to learn how to be an advocate for others. The second thing you can do is volunteer. I think one of the best ways to truly gain an understanding of the issue of affordable housing and homelessness is to get out and lend a hand alongside those experiencing this housing crisis firsthand. Serving meals at our new local shelter, helping build a home alongside a future homeowner, or even volunteering at a nonprofit housing organization's office can make a big difference and be educational. And finally, making a financial gift, of course, to a nonprofit that provides direct service or one that's leading in these housing advocacy efforts can make a big difference. I wonder how you are being called to respond to our local housing and homelessness crisis. What is your faith telling you to do about our neighbors who are living in poverty and struggling to survive. How will you be putting your true love into action? <laughs>